Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension, a dimension of pressure, a dimension of coverage, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land, two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man, of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Sunday night here in uh, the Matchup Zone, or the Phone Pack Studios. It's the Matchup Zone. Kevin and Mike coming to you live every Sunday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. Keeping it short and sweet, talking sports, talking man stuff, talking guy stuff, talking uh, nonsense, pretty much. Got uh, a great show for you tonight. Uh, Nate Huffman, uh, former NBA player, it will be joining us. Also, uh, Brandon Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation, uh, Philadelphia Eagles blog will be coming by to talk a little NFL draft. Uh, so we got we got that going for us tonight. We have uh, some guests to call in and, and not hear us just monotone voices. By the way, my voice sucks. And here's why. The, well, the, uh, genetics. But like on top of that, uh, I'm like, I like hear myself talk. And there's a guy I take a class with and he's like on he, he said he wants to come into the studio one time mm-hmm. and talk. Uh, he like does real radio, right? And his voice is like outstanding. Like he has a radio voice. Like when you hear him, you're like, wow. Well, it's funny you say that. Like, I I ran into actually Tom McCarthy a couple years ago in really? six, and I like kind of just like when I just kind of like said, hey, what's up? The bar of the uh, sporting goods store. Dude, he's got his pipes are just unbelievable. Like they were just it, no, not those pipes. No. I mean, um. It was just like when you heard him talk. It was just, I just keep talking to me. I don't care what you say. You can tell me anything you want. Just I just want to keep hearing your voice. Sweet. But my voice, like I, I just feel like, like I listen. <laughs> I listen to this guy, and I'm like, your voice sounds so good. And like my, vo- I'm like a, my voice doesn't have that same possess. People, people have said they're like, oh, you have a good radio voice. I was like, for and face for, <laughs> for podcast maybe. No, <laughs> not radio. <laughs> So, uh, you're, again, you're in the matchup zone, coming to you live on Foam Pack Studios every Sunday evening. Uh, show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a phone call away, 888-458-2928. Also, Integrated Play and Renee Shaw. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, contact Renee, 269-760-385. Something, something, something just happened. 3857 also, Cross River Realty, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. Cross River Realty is also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com, 267-460-5737. Uh, the Foam Pack Studio Hotline is open tonight, 347-215-8126. Call in if you want to talk to us or... Uh, 
complain about whatever you just call in if you're if you if you're feeling 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 bored. yeah feeling bored and uh, hit us up on Twitter at the match underscore up zone and uh, yeah did, that's the sponsors. <laughs> did you get uh, Sarah anything for her first Mother's Day or is this her second? This is her second, but it's uh, like uh, who cares then? Yeah, it's like the second, but at the same time, it's like really the first because yep. Olivia is really yeah, a newborn. Yeah, yeah, she was a newborn last time. Now she's just. I mean, I feel bad for my wife. My wife, she couldn't relax at all this weekend. My daughter is going through that yeah. that kind of phase where she's almost at two, and she's mm-hmm. just she's just going crazy. Like she wants to, she doesn't sleep. No, no she, she, she didn't she, sleep. Is she walk, She's not walking yet. Oh yeah, she's walking, talking. Oh, oh really? How? Yeah. And she's not even two yet. She's like one and almost a little more than one and a half. So she's, she's about so she's about thirteen, fourteen months. She's. Right? No, I'm sorry. So 18, 19 Your math is hard. Yeah, 18 or 19 months. Yeah, like it's like 19 months. Yeah, okay. Okay, going yeah, on yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. So she's, yeah, she's walking. Right. So she's walking, talking, doing that whole... Did, was it's, your whole entire logic of like two years? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it was, it, was 12, it was 12 months, yes. That's why I was astonished that she was walking. But it's funny. When calendars, they, when, are they printing at your when, house? When they start walking... You're like, when, when they're just laying there, like, oh, come on, let's crawl, crawl, crawl. Yeah. And then they start crawling. Then they start crawling. And they're like, go back to just laying there. Yeah, and then when they're walking, you're like, can't you just go back to crawling where I can catch you again? Yeah, because she's just climbing on things. She didn't sleep very well at all, all weekend. She's up at 5.30 every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, my poor wife didn't really sleep. She was cranky as anything. You know, we went to the Philadelphia, tried to go to the Philadelphia Zoo today. Why? Drove there, got to the parking garage. They turned us around and told us we had to park at one like a mile away. It was packed. I just saw drones of people just floating to the zoo. I was like, you know what? Let's just go home. Took us an hour to get there. We just you're, left. you're better off. Well, that's what I said. The, the zoo smells on a hot day like today. Yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to hit too it much up another walking. time. I don't, I don't like the zoo. Yeah. The zoo's closed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, you know, we want to introduce a new member of our staff. Uh, we got a new, uh, new intern, our, our old intern. <laughs> got the boot. How happened to that? I don't know. They just stopped coming, and we just stopped caring i think we made a big deal out of it at first now we're like whatever good uh yeah so uh greg frank uh he's a covers temple university uh he's a temple university uh student uh covers him for al at al's 247 uh also writes for the temple news uh al sports update host on uh whip radio and uh you know sports blogger greg frankly dot blogspot.com uh, Greg will. Greg is joining us now. We'll, we'll uh, bring him on into the actual studio for a little bit. Uh, talk to him. He's going to be handling uh, our, you know, all the fun stuff. He's also going to be writing on our blog, uh, thematchupzone.com. If you want to check that out, I'm actually going to rejuvenate my writing career does, as does, well. Does Greg live at Crossover? Does he live at? Um, I don't know. Crossover, I, we'll uh, ask him. Greg, how are you? Hey guys, how you doing? Happy to be What's on. What's up, Greg? Greg, are you a Cross River Realty product? Have you, you ever know, heard of them? No, I am not. Uh, just finishing up my freshman year here at Temple. It's been great. Uh, going next year to an apartment complex. It's called University Village on 10th and Montgomery, but I am not a nice cross area. river reality. So. How do you know? You don't know anything about Temple. No, yeah. I, it's really not a nice area. Well, that's what I was saying. I was, oh, so I, you're, there was the yeah, sarcasm? Was... Yes. I mean, everyone knows Temple's not in the greatest area. <laughs> oh, geez. So, uh, Greg, you know, we haven't even mentioned what's going on in sports. We were just talking about wives and, and fun stuff Let's like that. Let's talk Temple basketball. Oh, God. 
Do you want to get? No, do, do we want, have to? Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that. Pepe Sanchez still there? <laughs> so Greg, no. uh, a, a lot going on. Uh, you know, obviously getting inching closer to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers draft uh, draft lottery May 20th. Also, the uh, big news NFL draft. Now, Greg, what do you think? Uh, you're, I know you're an Eagles fan. What do you think of that that initial pick? I know a lot of people kind of jumped off the were jumping off buildings when that when that came through. Uh, but you know, based on what they got in the later rounds, what do you think of that pick? Uh, starting starting everything off. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I thought that pass rusher was their biggest need. You know, think about it like this: everybody's addressed, talking about the secondary. But if you got a guy that can get to the quarterback and cause problems in defense in backfields, then you can maybe get by with an average secondary. So I thought they really needed somebody that could get to the quarterback. And so I would have liked if they had stayed at 22, if they had drafted D Ford from Auburn. That's the guy I was really looking at. Uh, Anthony Barr was another guy, but obviously he went. Yeah, he went, he went high. Yeah, he went high. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they go back to 26. They they kind of take the best cash rusher available, and it just so happens to be somebody that really wasn't on anybody's board for the first mm-hmm. round. And, yeah. um, you know, everybody's kind of freaking out. But I really think they did all right if you evaluate the whole draft. I think Jordan Matthews in the second round is a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this corner they got from Florida, Jalen Watkins. The safety they got from Stanford I've heard good things about. So, you know, all in all, I think it's, not, not bad. I'd maybe give him a B. And it, 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 whatever you get from Marcus Smith moving forward, I guess it can be a bonus because it seems like nobody's got real high expectations for him since everybody was freaking out on Thursday night. Yeah, the, the way I look at it, Greg, is I feel like the Eagles got caught with their pants down. I felt like they had their six guys on the board. They were all gone. And I think the whole methodology, I mean, I think why people are really upset is you could have gotten him in the second round. You could have got the you could have got the safety Buchanan. You could have got um, you know you could have got several guys in the, with the first pick, but you could have got him in the second round. So that's why I think everyone's a little bit upset. Uh, now again, the draft class the draft class was pretty good last year, so we can't bury Chip Kelly yet. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna have all I'm gonna have all trust in him until something goes wrong. Uh, so I can't bury him yet, but I just think they got caught a little bit with their pants down and didn't kind of know what to do and scrambled at the last second. Um, when they when they could have took a safety or a corner in the, with that pick and then got uh, got uh, Smith with the second uh, in the second round. Yeah, you know you're, you're you're probably right, and it was kind of an unlucky situation in the first round because you mentioned safety, and you know of course they're sitting there at 22, and ha ha Clinton Dix goes at 21 to Green Bay, so that's kind of unlucky. And then they're thinking at 22 we don't get ha ha, so let's move back and get another pick. And then, you know, D. Ford, the guy I mentioned earlier from Auburn, goes at 23, somebody who I think they absolutely would have picked at 26. So I think they kind of got a little unlucky in that mm-hmm. regard. And I think Howie Roseman said on Thursday night that they did try and move back into the second round, but there wasn't really a viable offer. So, I, yeah, they did probably force it a little bit. And Buchanan, the safety that uh, I think was he from Washington State? Yes. Yeah. I think he probably would have been a better pick, but, I, I mean – I, I don't want to bury them because all in all, I think they had they did all right. I don't think it was that bad of a trap. Yep. No, that's I mean that's the one thing. Uh, I don't know. Like all these guys who do the do the draft board, like you don't know. No one sat there and scouted well, well, everyone. Well, all these guys are ripping. You know, some yeah. of these guys are ripping. Well, where the hell were these guys when Tom Brady was getting? You know, no one had Tom Brady in the top ten picks. Yeah. That, you like, know, where I, were you know? It's just it's just such a crapshoot, and like guys are just so obnoxious. 
like really blasting. You know, the guy blasted J- Jadavian Clowney. He's like, he's he's not a player. It's like, who are you to blast any? Like, I just don't understand. I don't like. I told you, I don't like the media because of that. Uh, they they just they try too hard. They do things that they're not supposed to do. Uh, they talk trash when they really just, should just keep their mouth shut and. No one knows what the, what they're talking about. So for someone to come out and be like, "Oh, this guy, what a terrible pick!" It's like, how do you know? You don't know that yet. Now, now Michael Sam, the openly uh, gay guy, now, yeah. he goes, I think, two hundred fifty eighth to the Rams. To the Rams. Now, they had him projected as a mid to late first round pick. Yeah. Now they're saying because of the combine, this is why his stock fell. Kev, you buying it? No. Combine. Com- or. Um, or sexual orientation. I think, it's, you, I think it's sexual orientation. Uh, yeah, they, they dropped him uh, from the... Yeah, you don't, drop that, you, know, you don't drop from the middle of no. first, late first, to, to the 258th pick. Yeah, what's that, six you, rounds? You guys are middle of first for Sam? Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard they, they, a couple, some people had a middle, middle to late first round pick. Wow. Yeah, I, had a, a I, I didn't people, hear that. Not that, okay. I had a board, not that I had my own board, but I did hear some people had him there. And people had him, you know, definitely second round as well. Uh, you know, he... He's he's a very good player. Uh, he they, was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, right? Yeah, and he, yes. that's yeah. the whole thing. So all this comes out, and the combine. A lot of people, you know, say he had a bad combine. The dude just came out of the closet. It's like this huge ordeal. It's a weight off his shoulder, but at the same time, he's struggling with this. Do you think he was get, like his mind was completely focused on that? And that's you know that's another thing you have to think of. I do good for him. Uh, go out there and. That's the funny thing is some of these guys who are homophobic and stuff like that, when they get there, when they're on their ass and he's standing over them, guess what? Like, yeah, yeah, but I don't think it's the other players in their teams. I think it's more in your own locker room. No, I, I, I totally agree. But I'm saying that uh, I think a lot of GMs are going to be mad that they didn't that they didn't go out and snag him just because they were worried about you know. But who cares? Like, who cares? They're not. They're, you're not dating him. Why are people so, like, who cares? So what? I bet these dudes wouldn't care if there was a chick sitting there in the locker. There's female reporters all over the locker. They're walking around swinging, swinging in the breeze, and no one gives a shit or crap. Oh. FCC? Greg, can we uh, edit that later? <laughs> <laughs> so no one cares. So uh, I don't understand why it's like, so you have someone who's interested in, the, in you know, same, same sex. sex yeah. You don't care when it's like the opposite when you're like trying to. Who cares? Like what if you don't care when it's like a female? Then what do you? It's like if you don't care if it's your teammates or if you don't care if it's a female, then why should you care if it's like you're gonna be like, oh, he's checking. Who cares? No, he's not. Dude, stop being like that's just yeah. that's what I do, never got. Do you, do you think we're ever gonna get to the point where just open open gay people are just are like anyone in the, in, the, in pro sports? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's he's going to definitely set a precedent. I don't know if you're talking like a few like quickly. No, or, I, mean, I mean, say in like fifteen, twenty years, will there be a time where, yeah, I'm gay. Okay, you're the number two pick in the draft. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I think. Yeah, I think when you when you look at it like that in terms of draft stock falling, I think that that things could change. But uh, when you look at the overall acceptance, let's, I think let, it's going to take let, longer let's than say, twenty let's years. Say, let's say. Let's say Andrew Wiggins comes out, you know, hypothetically tomorrow and says, yeah. I'm gay. He's still <laughs> going to be a top pick, right? I mean, you would think. One would think, but who knows? Right. You could draw, who knows? People, people get scared off easily. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to mess with chemistry. You don't want to mess with, uh, you know, the team. 
At the same time, like uh, by, by the way, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, not to change that, but just, you just made me think of the chemistry thing. Was it last week? I, I, I got to pat myself. You, you own the chemistry. No, <laughs> no, I have to pat myself on the back for this one. Why? I'll tell you why. All right. I was the one saying last week that the reason Hibbert was playing so bad in the playoffs was it's tough to play with someone looking. It's tough to play with looking over your shoulder, find him on the bench, former, you know, top two centers in the league, champion. Zero points. Well, what happens? They release him in the day, and what does Hibbert do at night? Tw- 28 and 9. It's a yeah, lot easier game to play. two against Washington, yep, he went it's off. A, yeah, it's a lot easier to play relaxed, I'm telling you. Not, not nervous about missing a shot. Um, not, that I, not that I know that that's the case, but it sounds good in my argument. I don't recall you ever saying Are that. you nuts? We'll go back and listen to last week's podcast. Check the tape. <laughs> oh, my God. So... Uh, you know, that's the big story in sports, uh, the NFL draft. Uh, we talked about a lot about it last week. Uh, <clears throat> some, some teams got some uh, – I think the Raiders got a lot better. I think uh, they're going to be good. I think you get – The Giants with a great pick. Oh, oh, back, yeah. Yeah, that's Kevin, I, I think Jacksonville really had a nice draft too. If you look I at the, the receivers did. they added in the second round, Marquise Lee and Allen Robinson. Of course, it all depends yeah. on Blake Bortles, but I think they really addressed their offensive needs. I totally, I totally agree. I think uh, Blake Bortles, or Bortles, I think he's a very, uh, he's a very good player, and it's going to be interesting to see what what he can accomplish. So, uh, I don't know. I like I like Derek Carr a lot. I was a big fan yeah, of Derek Carr. So, so uh, yeah. What, I don't what did you guys think of the Manziel fall and how he just kept on spiraling? I P, wow. see, P, this is what this is again why I get annoyed. People were so happy. Like, why? Happy for what? Happy about happy him that, dropping? Like, they're like, you don't know this, dude. Like, why are you so yeah, happy? Yeah, but, that, because yeah. they get mad. It's the same crap with LeBron. You, get, you hate because you just hate because the media no, no, hypes no, these you know, people You know, you know why so, people so hate much. Manziel? Because when he gets drafted, he comes out giving the money sign at 22. I mean, come on. The, that's like his, the stones because, on this guy. But just, that's just the thing. Drafted. That's it. Yeah, that's his mo. Uh, well, you know what, dude? I, I think you just got to live with that and understand what he does on the field. And you know, he's a special player. I think Cleveland got a great find at twenty-two. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know if he will ever pan out. I mean, the way the way he runs with the ball, like he's holding a loaf of bread. I mean, that that's not working. That's Wait, not. Can I ask me. you guys? And I don't know how serious this was, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I know Chip Kelly had recruited him coming out of high school, had him burbled at Oregon. Mm-hmm. If they had taken him at twenty-two. Would you guys have been annoyed? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. I would because, have been furious. Yes, absolutely. Because we don't. That's not a. That's not a position of need right now. Until until Nick Foles shows me otherwise, yeah. you don't need that position. You have all these holes to fill on defense. You don't need Johnny Manziel. See, here's my whole thing with that. With that it becomes a circus. Yeah, because you people think that uh, people think that this whole entire competition thing. They, they, they're like, oh, well, it's good to have someone kind of watching your back and, and, and nipping at your heels because it makes you work harder. It, I've, I mean, I've played, and sometimes that works, but a Kev, lot of times... Kev, that, you, were always the, you were always the nipper, I was never the, the nipper. nippy. Yeah, I was definitely the nipper. I was trying to nip at some of these NBA guys' <laughs> heels, but at the same time, it's like you're... I just don't understand why... I don't know. I, you wouldn't draft it because then you're putting... Like you said, with, you just mm-hmm, said it with Hibbert. You're, you're, this guy's always going to have this like kind of looking and looking right. behind like, him. Like, what if I throw? He's not going to be as comfortable to just go out there and play his game. He's going to be like, if I make a mistake, yep. people are going to be starting Nick, to, to give the money sign. And Nick Foles comes into the training camp this year relaxed, right? Relaxed, playing, coming off a great season last year. Yeah, but are you ever going to get that kind of production that you got from Nick Foles again? You don't know. 
No, you don't know, but you also, you also have a better idea about Nick Foles than Johnny Manziel right now. You know what Nick Foles can do in the NFL. I have no idea if Johnny Manziel can, can, can run an offense in the NFL. I don't know if he can be a pocket passer in the NFL. But if there's an offense he can run, don't you think it's one that Chip Kelly orchestrates? Not necessarily. I mean, if he did, Michael Vick would still be the quarterback. I mean, oh, I don't, I don't know, know about that. Michael Vick's what, 34? Michael Vick, yeah, he's 34, but everyone says Chip, Chip Kelly wants an option quarterback, a guy who can run. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously he doesn't if he didn't take Johnny Manziel. I mean, I, I just think, look, I know what I'm getting out of Nick Foles. He's a, he's a, a, yeah. you know, now, do I know if he can duplicate what he did last year or this year? No, I don't know. It remains to be seen. But I like the fact that I know what he can do. He can read a defense. He gets the ball out fairly quickly. And, uh, you know, he always has his eyes downfield where I don't know if Johnny Manziel can do that. I, I just think... I like his I like his body a lot better than Johnny Manziel's. Obviously, you know, six six Johnny Manziel. You know, what is he five ten five eleven? So not that that matters because Drew Brees and Russell Wilson are short. But I don't know. I just like the fact that I know what he can do as opposed to the unknown in Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's it's there's a difference. Uh, I just I'm a, I'm a Foles guy, so. I, I kind of want to see what he what he can do. I think you, you give him another season. And then, now, uh, if Foles comes out and, and, and craps the bed this year, then, yeah, we can say, listen, should have taken Johnny Manziel. Yeah. But, you know, that remains to be seen. Very, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely, positively true. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Well, your, stock, your, your stock go up? Your stocks go up? Oh, oh, yeah. oh nice. G, G's up uh, 4% today. I'll see, I'll see you guys later. All right, we are joined, uh, joined by a former NBA player, a former overseas star, uh, Nate Huffman. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we appreciate you calling into the Matchup Zone. Hey, well, first and uh, foremost, uh, happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Nate, thank you. You know what? That's great. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't even wish uh, – we didn't – I didn't even wish – no, I wish my wife a happy Mother's Day, but, yeah, we didn't wish her our audience. Mm-hmm, yeah. So thank you for that because we're terrible – terrible at this so nate uh you know coming out you playing uh playing a lot uh with the nba playing overseas uh i know you know it's it's i know they always say it's it's the easiest thing it's it's easier to get into the nba than it is to stay there uh you know you always hear that that old mantra uh you played a lot of a, a few a little bit in the nba but you also played a long time in maccabi tel aviv uh talk to us about you know which which of your experiences was was the most rewarding? I mean, you know, playing overseas versus playing in the NBA. Well, I um, you know, my first year over uh, overseas at Maccabi, I was, um, we, you know, we were uh, we had we had we had great success. We went all the way to the final four and lost to uh, Panathinaikos. Uh, mm-hmm. I was named uh, I was named MVP of the year um, for the EuroLeague. And I thought, you know, at that point right there, uh, my whole goal was to get in the NBA. That's why I went to the CBA first mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of take a back, back, uh, back route to get into the NBA. But, uh, I, uh, I, the, the three years, uh, that I was in Maccabi, I excelled very well. And each year I tried to get in the NBA only to get in on my third year. And then to find out I had a, you know, I had the, the knee problem, but, uh, mm-hmm. I would, I had, a, I didn't really have a, uh, uh, you know, in the NBA, I was injured, so I really, my, I, I struggled with having a good time there, and, and uh, you know, I was going through a divorce at the same time, so it was, it was a it was a bad experience. And then when I was in Israel, you know, we were winning all the time. Um, uh, you know, we won the European Championship my second year there, so I had a much better experience, obviously, uh, in Europe than I did in the NBA. 
Nate, I, I sit next to Kevin once a week, so it's nice to talk to a seven foot coordinated guy for once. What uh what is it what is it like being you know, seven foot seven plus feet and the, kind of the expectations early on and people say, you know, because you, you see all these seven footers and I was like, Oh, he's gotta be able to play this and that and then people kind of like to play, you know, they kind of like to try to slay the Giants and say, oh, he stinks, this and that. I mean, talk a little bit about what it's like being seven foot one and playing basketball. Well, you obviously you stand out in the crowd uh, in the beginning. Uh, I always, uh, sometimes people ask me that um, all the time I get asked, um, you know, my son's going to be tall, uh, what advice do you have for him? And I said, hey, you know, you're going to get stared at, you're going to get laughed at, you're going to get... Picked mm-hmm. on, probably call it a string bean. I just say, hey, man, get a good sense of humor and be able to laugh at yourself. Uh-huh. And, and that, that's what I was able to do. You know, I developed a, a sense of humor. And uh, the other guys I know uh, that are seven-foot guys seem to all uh, uh, have a good sense of humor. So that's what you got to do. Now, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I feel like, and Mike's going to disagree, and I think, he's, he's, I think that last comment about, like, oh, what are you doing? You're seven-foot. Like, how do you – I think it's it's directed towards me, but uh, you know it's it's one of those things. I know my brother. My brother was seven. Uh, is like seven foot seven one. I'm six ten. Uh, my, my we just went to Disney, and my wife and his wife just walked behind, and she's like the the comments people make about you when you two well, walk people through staring, and yeah. people staring. I mean, I, I you're right, and it's so funny that you say that because every seven foot guy, you know, tall guy that I know that I've played with. They're all like the funniest guys in the team, and they're they're still some of my closest friends are those guys because you know they have that sense of humor because they're able to laugh at themselves. So that's kind of cool, uh, you know, to kind of hear that from from other people as well. So you know, kind of going back into uh, back into your career, uh, talk to us about playing uh, playing in in Tel Aviv. I know it's uh, it's a great league to play in. Uh, what's I know you know playing overseas myself things get you get a little homesick, but I can imagine that a place like Tel Aviv, uh, with a team like that, with the money that they have, they kind of make things a little easier for you. Is that correct? Well, we had uh, the thing about um, Europe is you can go to a country like uh, Spain. My first year in Spain, uh, my only year in Spain, uh, my coach didn't even speak English, and um, my, what we I would be in a huddle and I, uh, you know, I'd just be staring in the crowd waiting for the assistant coach to come over who spoke English to tell me what's going on. And uh, when when I was out in Madrid, because I, I frequently visited Madrid, I was there three four days a week because uh, I was only 20 minutes away. Uh, if you get lost in Madrid and you don't speak Spanish, um, you have to find your way home. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, well, Israel is different now. Most most people in Israel speak English. Um, and in fact, there's a guy on the team, Nadav Hennefeld, uh, who played for Connecticut, who spoke better English than I did, born in Israel. So. Uh, it was easy. It was easy, uh, it was easy there to communicate with people. Um, my assistant coach was uh, an American Jewish guy. He spoke uh, fluent both. Um, we um, we had uh, four or five Americans on the team, so you know we could. I had uh, I had people I could relate with uh, on the team as well as I could speak to the other guys. When I was in Spain, I couldn't even speak to four or five of the guys on the team because they had no. Um, understanding of English whatsoever, so it's a, it was completely different uh, from one place to the next. Nate, um, talk a little bit about uh, your NBA career um, in terms of playing with the Raptors. I mean, how is it playing in the in the Canadian city? I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of always kind of feel bad for some of those guys because I I know you probably want to play 
maybe in the States and you're playing uh, in, in Canada, or how are the Canadian fans? Are, are they knowledgeable, or what, what's going on over there? Well, I always tell people. Up there. I We're up there. God, you're yeah, right, over there. Where are you guys located? Uh, South Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. Philadelphia area. Okay, okay, cool. Um, I, uh, I, st- I always tell people I spent five years uh, trying to get back to the United States to play in the NBA, and I, I ended up on a Canadian team. But um, the, the uh, experience I had there uh, with the fans, you know, I, I know it's a hockey town, and uh, uh, I went into a bar one time and asked them to change the channel to an NBA game and almost got kicked out of the bar. But um, <laughs> the uh, fans are, uh, you know, they, they, they supported Toronto. Um, and if you've seen them this year uh, that they got the playoffs, you yep. see the fan support. So I think it's more or, 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 excuse me, overwhelming now. Uh, because the Maple Leafs have struggled for so long. So, the, 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 you know, we sold out most all of our games when I was there. Now, what year, what years, I have, I, have your, I have your stuff in front of me, I'll see it right away. What years did you play with the Raptors? 2002, 2003. 2002, 2003. Was that like, uh, was that Alvin Williams or no? Was that after? Who was that coach? Uh, no, no. Did you play with Alvin Williams from Villanova or no? Was that, was he way before you? Yeah, he was our point guard. He was a, okay. Alvin Williams was there. Okay, so that that team that team was pretty. You guys were pretty good, if I remember. Alvin Williams and was Tracy McGrady or no? No, it was Vince Carter, uh, Antonio okay. Davis, uh, okay. Jerome Williams. Um, it was the year after the Sixers. Yeah, the problem with right. us is we were injured. Uh, you know, it's, there were there were points uh, in the season where we only dressed seven guys, which is a league minimum. Wow. And so, yeah, the problem with our team is we were always hurt. Vince Carter was hurt, um, you know, most of the time, um, especially in the beginning of the season. He had those knee problems. And, and then uh, we just never started. We never clicked that year. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, I remember, uh, um, you know, that we went four or five games. Uh, we had losing streaks four or five games, and we won a game, and we did the same thing. So, But mm-hmm. basically uh, – you know, not to find an excuse, but we were hurt most of, most of the time. Uh, we were banged up. Now, did Vin, has Vin, you said Vince Carter was kind of, you know, off and on uh, injured. Did he ever do anything in practice or, or just messing around that, that was just one of those things where you're just like, how in the world am I like the same species? Yeah, I used to love practice because he'd jump up in the air and just, uh, you know, he could dunk it uh, easily, but he, he'd come up underneath and, really, and, and lay it up. And uh, <laughs> well, everybody on the uh, practice court would just kind of, you know, shake their head in, in awe of this in, inhuman being that we're playing with. But, uh, yeah, Vince did, uh, Vince did stuff all the time that, uh, made us jealous of his jump jumping ability. So he was fun. He was fun to fun to play with, fun to watch. That's awesome. Now, uh, getting back to your getting back to your overseas career, uh, you know, playing in playing in Tel Aviv, the people, the fans. Uh, what you know, playing in both leagues. Uh, what do you think had? The, who do you think had the most passionate of those fans? Uh, well, Maccabi, I tell you what, they've spent twenty years before they they had a playoff win. Um, and I guess back, uh, let's see, see, I played in the 90s. I guess in the 70s, 80s, yeah, 70s, uh, late 70s, they, uh, they would pack the, the – uh, there would be nobody in the streets during the, the uh, Israeli games because they were good back then, so the, the whole town would shut down. And then, you know, slowly they got worse and worse and worse, and people started forgetting about the hobby. But when we came um, 
when the, when the team that I was on got there, we went we went won the playoffs, uh, first round, second round, went to the finals, and the final four. The finals is just um, the format is exactly like the uh, NCAA, where you play uh, at the final four, where you play one, you win you win two games, you win the whole thing. So we went right there uh, to the finals. The first uh, my first year there, and the fans were incredible the whole time. Sold out all all of our Euro League games, and uh, uh, from then from then and there on, the le- other two years, um, it was just it was almost impossible to get a ticket to get into to see the to see the games. Nate, t- talk a little bit about, um, if you will, uh, kind of the, the Nate Gate that went on with uh, with Toronto that uh, you were awarded, you know, over two and a half million dollars. Can, can you can you enlighten our audience a little bit about what went on there? You say when they cut me? Is that what you're talking about? Um, yeah, when they cut you, yes. Well, I uh, um, I think what happened was Toronto hired a, a law firm to come in and um, because they were losing so much money uh, due to you know contracts uh, for myself you know was was a small part of it but you know a lot of our heavy contract guys were were not playing and we were losing money and I think that I, they hired the law firm to come in and, and just basically for lack of a better word trim the trim the fat <laughs> and uh, they started with me and. Uh, they claimed that I, I falsified information on my knee, which uh, I obviously didn't. Uh, I passed two physicals. Um, one of them was done in California uh, with uh, the Clippers uh, doctor, and the other one was done uh, before the season started. So I think, you know, exactly what, what basically happened with my knee is that uh, it was failing slowly. I had no idea. And then the breaking point was, uh, was one day in practice when uh, all of a sudden uh, <clears throat> I was stretching and uh, I felt like uh, there was more pain, or there was pain in there that I'd never felt before. So I went and uh, we had it scoped out, and that's when I realized that the cartilage was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also, I, I apparently had a high pain tolerance too, because there's nothing really bothered me while I was in Maccabi, other than when I stretched a little bit, um, I, I could feel some tension in there. But that was it. That's all. So I mean, you know. The, that's definitely a frustrating situation, but I'm, I'm glad it actually worked out because uh, I know, you know, going over, you played at, at Tel Aviv, uh, so I know a lot of the shady places that I've played, uh, I didn't get them, you know, they just say, just don't get it's, paid. It's, yeah, it's your word versus theirs, and uh, you just don't get paid. So that's good that you, that you're, you're kind of part of the National Basketball Association where they can't really play those games, even though they might try. Uh, it's, it's a little better that... Uh, you're actually able to, to able to get that money. So Nate, uh, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now, uh, what you're what you're into with uh, with camps and things like that. Well, um, I uh, when I get when I finished with um, Toronto, I came home. Uh, I had already started a uh, construction business with my father. We built spec homes uh, for about six years in Battle Creek, uh, about 2007 when the housing crisis hit. Uh, we kind of just had to put that on the back uh, on the back burner, um, and so then from there I um, um, I kind of just uh, vacationed around a little bit. Um, nice. Then um, uh, 2009 I decided to, to wait, wait, wait 2011 I decided to go back to school and get my degree. So um, I graduated last year in May uh, 2013 with a uh, uh, a business administrative administration degree, and uh, I really, uh, I started, I started, got, I got into car sales for a little bit, um, kinda, it didn't really, didn't really, um, wasn't my niche, <laughs> and so now I'm working with, um, with 1-800-Hansons, um, 
which you guys wouldn't know because we're, we're not uh, we're not we're only uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio, <laughs> Missouri based. But uh, I do um, I do sales for uh, uh, out, outdoor or um, the construction of a home on the outside. So any roofing, uh, siding, stuff like that. So I'm doing sales for them now. That's awesome. That's great. And you know it's it's that's a great story, especially with like the vacationing because. Uh, Nate, I was, you know, going, going and getting done, uh, even when I played, I played for eight years, but mostly overseas, uh, kind of getting done. I said the same thing. I was like, I need a vacation. And my wife's like, you lived in Australia. You lived. I was like, yeah, but it's like that constant. You're never off. Like every day is like, you have to get better. You have to do something. So it's nice to kind of get around and, uh, take that vacation. And, uh, yeah. I lived in a, you know, I lived out of a suitcase uh, for about oh. you know for seven years, and uh, I never felt like I ever got done back until uh, you know until I actually came home and and, and bought a house uh, when I retired. You know, I did I did have a, I had a slight chance that it's, I went over to um, and most people don't know this. I signed a half a million dollar deal with uh, Pesaro in Italy, and I got over there, um, and I was about I was there for about three or four days, and just for some reason I just didn't feel like. Uh, I could play uh, the way I, you know, the way I used to. Uh, I just think my knee would have held me back from, from jumping, especially um, and running fast, which is, was a big strength of mine. Getting up, beating everybody down the court or, or the big man. So I, I, at that mm. point, I, just, I decided it was over. I went home, um, and uh, I do regret the fact that I did not try to play at least two or three more years. You know, mm-hmm. financially, especially since. Uh, my construction didn't work out, and uh, you know uh, I didn't mention, but I did buy. I, I started a concrete company too that uh, failed uh, along with my construction business. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that's one thing I regret is not going out and uh, you know um, finishing uh, finishing two more years or three more years, whatever I had, whatever I had left. Yeah, well, Nate, uh, you. It, this is great talking to you, kind of catching up and uh, talking a little overseas basketball, talking a little NBA basketball. Now, Nate, you've been watching the finals, uh, NBA playoffs. Who do you like? What do you think uh, is going to happen? Who do you like to see win it all? Well, I, I'm a big um, supporter of the Miami Heat because they, uh, they're fun to watch and they're, uh, they play defense, they play basketball the right way. Um, if I had to pick right now, uh, San Antonio looks awfully good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they're going to have home court advantage uh, against uh, whoever comes out of the East. Uh, you don't know Miami's a kind of a, or excuse me, Indiana's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Uh, that Hibbert, uh, it seems like the team plays, uh, uh, kind of Hibbert plays, and it's just kind of weird. But uh, the uh, LA Clippers today, you know, they're down 20, 20, 25 points, and they came back and found a way to beat uh, um, Oklahoma. But uh, I would, uh, I really want, if I, could, if I could have anybody win, it would be nice to have the Clippers win it. Since they went through that, uh, you know, they went mm. through that things they went through in uh, the Sterling case. But uh, I'd like to see uh, if it's if, if it comes out of the East. Obviously, Miami. Um, you know, LeBron promised that city seven titles. So you got, just, you got five more to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it'd be great. For, it'd be great for the Clippers. They, you know, the Clippers today, and I I I didn't know is that they've never even been in a uh, conference final. So, um, but I don't think they could get past Oklahoma. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, what did they tie it up today, two-two? But you know, going back to Oklahoma now, so they stole, they stole the home court advantage, and then they they lost the next two games, which is yeah. surprising. That's true. I really, you know, watching Western the West Conference, Western Conference, very much. I never realized how good uh, Paul is, but uh, he's a he's a heck of a point guard, and uh, uh, he's got complimentary 
complimentary players all around him. I don't I don't know what they're missing. Uh, one key one key guy, but uh, um, people are saying right now that the Bullets um, just they're one guy away from going to the finals, and so I don't yeah, know exactly what the Clippers yeah. need, but. Yeah, you're right, and and that was uh, yeah, that was that the uh, the Wizards are actually ridiculous. Well, it's like I feel like they're the Sixers a few years ago when the Sixers kind of got past uh, when Derrick Rose went down, and then they're playing the Celtics, and everyone's like, "Wow, they're 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 a little, they're not that far away," and then they they crumbled like the uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they're not that far My away. Knee. I feel like they're not that far away in the East, but when you look yeah, at the overall when you look landscape at the all, in the West, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit uh. A little bit ways away. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, Nate, thank you so much for joining us tonight, talking a little uh, basketball with us. We appreciate it, and uh, we'd love to have you back anytime. Okay, good. I'll, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll stop by anytime. You guys, uh, you guys take it easy. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks Nate. Nate. See ya. So we're going we're gonna to jump right away. Uh, we, we got uh, Brandon Gatton on the line. Uh, Brandon is, a, uh, is the – Editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation, also writes for Liberty Ballers. We all know them, uh, our, our good friends at Liberty Ballers. Uh, so he writes for, for both of those, and uh, we want to talk a little NFL draft. Brandon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Sorry uh, you're on hold for a little bit. We were, we were talking, talking shop with Nate Hoffman. Yeah, no problem. So, Brandon, uh, you know, obviously – off the bat, a lot of six, uh, Sixers, they're, they're unhappy too, but a lot of the Eagles fans <laughs> are uh, kind of startled by that first pick. You got a lot of who's that. This guy's not on the first or second round draft boards of uh, a lot of the, the experts. Uh, what, were your initial re- what was your initial reaction to that pick being made? Well, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't shocked, and it was a surprise pick. A lot of people did not expect him to go in the first. Uh, I saw some things about him going uh, no lower than 35. Just a month earlier, there was a tweet from Daniel Jeremiah, who's an you know, NFL network expert, uh, former Eagle scout, actually. And there's another guy who writes about the Eagles extensively who said, you know, he really thinks Marcus Smith was a guy who the Eagles could trade back for mm-hmm. in the first round. And, that's, and then funny enough, that's what they did. And again, this was back in April. So, you know, seeing those after the fact, I was like, all right, you know, maybe this does make some sense here. And thinking about it more, you know, I was looking at the board, and I'm like, there aren't really too many guys who were on the board at the time who I felt like that made much sense for the Eagles. The Eagles needed a pass rusher. They couldn't add one in free agency. Jason Worlds got re-signed by the Steelers. Uh, the guy in Washington, Arakpo, he got tagged. So there was no one in free agency. You know, there weren't even a lot of good options in the draft because Khalil Mack, uh, Clowney, and Barr all went top ten. So, you know, the Eagles aren't left with many options. And if you need a pass rusher, you know, you, you can't just wait till later in the draft and say you're going to get one because the chances are that guy's not going to be able to contribute right away. So mm-hmm. the Eagles got stuck in a place where they had six players on their board, according to Howie Roseman, that they liked, and all six were gone. So that's why they traded back. They took Smith. He might have not been necessarily the best player available on their board, but he was in, like, that next tier of players they had graded the next highest, and that was the pick. And, you know, like you said, it kind of fills a need. Uh, it was a surprising pick. You know, he fits the system, and that's important. I think that's what's really important. You know, he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. He can rush the passer. He can drop in coverage. I think they're happy with the big guy. Brandon, it's Greg Frank, uh, newly interning here, and I just wanted to ask you um, – 
you know, we were talking when we hopped on about, you know, the needs in the draft, and I kind of felt like pass, pass rusher was their biggest need. Just because if you have somebody that can get to the quarterback, maybe you can get by with a secondary that isn't so uh, up to par. So did you kind of agree going into the draft that pass rusher was the biggest need that they needed to address? Oh, definitely. Uh, we even ran a poll on my site not too long ago, asked, you know, what was the biggest need, and it was pass rusher. 57% of the people, you know, it was clearly the need after free agency because they signed Malcolm Jenkins, they brought back Nate Allen, they got the safeties down. They're not the most talented guys in the world, but clearly the next biggest need is pass rusher because at outside linebacker, you really only have Trent Cole, who's kind of more of a 4-3 defensive end playing outside linebacker. Then you have Connor Barwin, who fits as an outside linebacker, but he's not so much a pass rusher. He's a guy who can kind of be the jack of all trades, you know, where he's dropping in the coverage 50% of the time like he did last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rushing the passer as well. But he's not going to be that guy who's always going to win one-on-one matchups and the guy you can consistently rely on. So, yes, they absolutely needed to add a pass rusher. Yeah, what do you think about, um, you know, another thing that I've noticed here now that we've had two drafts with Chip Kelly is he definitely has a – familiarity with some of the guys he drafts. I mean, I'm looking at Zach Ertz and Matt Barkley as two Pac-12 guys. You look at Josh Huff and the DN that they got out of Oregon and then the safety they got from Stanford. Do you think that he just wants to – he feels it's just a matter of him being comfortable with some of these players he's picking? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just can't chalk that up to coincidence. Uh, He he loves his Pac-12 guys. He loves his Oregon guys, too. Uh, I I think it's a good advantage that – Chip has when it comes to scouting and evaluating these players, you know, because who knows them better than him? Who knows them better than the guy that was game planning against them? Uh, and, and Chip looks at it like, you know, all right, this guy gave me trouble in college. Why not just bring him on the team now, you know, because now he can help me out. Now, you know, where I had no game plan against him now, now I can use him, and I think he gets excited about that. And, he, and I think they're good players, too. I mean, you look at uh, – you look at a guy like Josh Huff, and he was extremely productive for Chip, you know. And even last year without him, he had 20, uh, a catch of 20 yards or more in every single game he played in last year. And then again, you have like a guy like Taylor Hart, also a big defensive end who has a size that Chip likes. And Ed Reynolds, you know, is a very smart player, a very skilled player for Stanford who had, you know, six interceptions in 2012, only had one last year, but that's because they weren't throwing his way. So, you know, I think it's a good combination of not only fit and being good players, but the familiarity definitely helps. Brandon, I think – we talked a little bit about this earlier uh, before you got on. I think the reason some of the Eagles fans are so upset that they probably could have gotten – I know they needed a pass rusher, but they probably could have gotten a safety or a corner, which, which they need as well, with the first pick and then draft Smith in the second round. Do you think that uh, – do you think the Eagles kind of got caught a little bit uh, – kind of, uh, you know, with their pants down a little bit. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, again, I, they, they did say they had the six players they targeted uh, in the first round that who were off the board. You know, maybe you could go cornerback there, like uh, Darquez Denard. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't fit the system. Maybe that's why they didn't take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's tough because, you know, they easily could have went in that direction. But I, just, I really feel like they didn't want to risk, you know, losing Smith there because, like I said, you know, there were some people saying that, Maybe he's not a first-round guy, but maybe he's like a really early second-round guy. And at that point, you don't want to risk losing him because if you, you, you know, you lose him, then you're dropping down a whole other tier of player. And if you already missed out on the top six guys who are your, in your top tier, 
you don't want your first pick to come, you know, as a guy that you have in that third tier. So, you know, I think they got caught in a rough position given the nature of the, like I said earlier, the lack of pass rushers in free agency and the lack of options in the draft. I think they kind of just had to make the best of what was not a good situation. Brendan, I want to ask you a little bit. You talked about Josh Huff uh, from Oregon and how he can be an explosive playmaker. The other wide receiver that they got in the second round, Jordan Matthews, I thought was a nice steal, somebody that I think was projected to go in the first round before. So what do you kind of make of that, uh, the way they moved up and got him, and what do you expect from him? If you asked for you know, a Chip Kelly prototype wide receiver, I don't know how Jordan Matthews could not be that guy because he is everything that Chip Kelly wants in a wide receiver. He's tall. He has the size. Uh, he's physical. He's a, he's a great character. No character concerns at all with him. It's a very hardworking prospect. You know that doesn't mean very much if he's five eight and you know a ninety pound or so. But I mean he he has the talent and he has the right mindset. You know I heard he when when he was going to the Senior Bowl he had requested tape of the Senior Bowl quarterbacks so you know he could have a good week that we can prepare. And then when he went on his official visit with the Eagles. He studied some Eagles games. He came prepared. He was asking questions. I think he really impressed the coaching staff and the scouts. I think they just loved that guy because, like I said, he just has size, talent, work ethic, everything. He's just everything they could wish for in a wide receiver. And funny enough, I was reading an article today. Now you look at the measurement comparisons between Sammy Watkins, who was obviously the first receiver taken in this draft, and Matthews, and they're really not too different with uh, Matthews having the edge in some areas there, and obviously I'm not saying that necessarily Matthews is the better player, but, you know, it's a real interesting comparison, really something to think about. Chip Kelly did say Matthews is going to be playing the slot for them, so he will be on the field for a decent amount of time. Yeah, I did hear that. So, uh, you know, I think he's in a good position where, you know, Vanderbilt, he was kind of just the only guy on offense. You know, everyone knew Mm -hmm. the ball was going to be thrown to him, so he's double teamed all the time. You know, now... You have Cooper, Macklin, Huff in the mix, guys on the outside, Sproles in the backfield, McCoy back there. Uh, you know, now you free him up a little bit. I think the sky's the limit for him. Brandon, uh, you know, last thing we we know you uh, you're you're part of the Liberty Ballers, Michael uh, Michael Levin. Uh, we've had a few of those guys in the show. They're always do they're always awesome. Uh, going into the, I know you do a little stuff with them. Going into the Sixers, uh, you know, the, the draft lottery and the uh, NBA draft coming up, you have two top ten picks. Who do you want? Well, the first one has to be Andrew Wiggins. I'm just too intrigued by the upside there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just feel like there's really something there. I, I feel like he has the potential to be a special player. You know, Jabari's brought up, you know, I think Jabari's in a case where he's a little bit more polished. I'm not in love with the, the athleticism. I just, you know, it's just not my kind of thing. But, I mean, if they get him, I'm not going to complain. I just I feel like Wiggins is the guy you want there first. And then, you know, at 10, it depends on how the board shakes out there. But, uh, maybe you're kind of looking for more of a power forward. I don't think Bamba is going to make it there. I think you could have a guy like maybe McDermott is a good option for them. Uh, I, I saw you know, you know what I You know what I saw earlier today on an NBA draft board? Um, I saw the Sixers taking Wiggins at two. And Aaron Gordon at ten. I, I'd sign wow. up for that in a heartbeat right That'd now. That'd be great. Oh yeah, I mean, that's I would, great. I would sign take, up for that right now. Now I'm going. I'm going with Brandon's picks. I like Wiggins and McDermott. See, Wait, can the way, I throw can a I, name out real quick? What do you guys think about Gary Harris at ten? I don't like him at all. And I'll and I'll tell and I'll tell you I'll tell you why, Greg. 
I had him on a, a fantasy draft kind of oh, thing Jesus I do every Christ. year. Well, I'm telling you, I, so I watched all his games. He's labeled as a shooter, and he's an inconsistent shooter. And he's very, just very, he's not physical. He doesn't get to he's the basket. He's a good two-way player, though. Yeah, I, I'm just not in love with him. I, I'm really not. Uh, uh, and Kev, Stauskas right now is rated higher than McDermott. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Stauskas is rated higher than McDermott. He's, a, he's a better player. Dude, McDermott, whatever. He's a better MB. He's, gonna, he's 6'6", shoots 50% from three, and he's athletic. We're just like the assholes who sit around and talk oh. about the NFL draft. Dude, it's it's blog talk radio. No one cares. The FCC, you really think the FCC is listening to the matchup zone on Sunday night? Yes. They're one night with their families <laughs> on Mother's Day. Yeah, on Mother's Day, yeah, seven fifty. Yeah, I, we could curse all we want tonight. Uh, you know, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us, talking a little uh, Eagles, talking some Sixers. We really appreciate it. We'd love to have you get you back on the show come uh, Eagles season, and obviously uh, coming up with the uh, NBA lottery and NBA draft coming up. Thank you so much. Thanks, hey, Brandon. Thanks, thanks, Brandon. You know, I had an argument. Uh, Greg, Greg, you can hang in here for this one too. I had a, um, I had an argument with my brother-in-law today, and he's going, "Oh, the Sixers have all these second-round picks." I said, "They don't mean anything. Nobody wants them." And he's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean? You could trade." I went back and I looked at 2008 to 2013, the second-round draft picks. Dude, let me tell you something. You like no, you you can you maybe heard of two every year. They just never pan out. Mitch McGarry. What about him? He's he's going to be a second round pick. He was hurt. He was one of the most dominant players. Yeah, in... I have to see more. I, I don't know. I have see, to see that's the, see. This is what I like about, and this is what I liked about the uh, NBA NFL draft. Like you got a guy like Watkins who there was injury concerns. It could have been a could have been a first round pick, but like these injury concerns scare teams off. It's it's such hit or miss. It's such a crapshoot. But at the same time, you score on one of those, you're in. And that's the thing that I like about it is you can get a guy like McGarry who uh, was such a dominant player and yeah. could be a good NBA player and maybe not like a you know a, a He's superstar. Not dominate like he did but it. he'll he'll be like a you know maybe a better Spencer Hall, someone who can hit that outside oh, shot. I mean, it's hard to be. It's hard to feel worse, Spencer Hall. <laughs> Dude, well, I was, don't the second-round picks also make them a little – aren't they, like, trade assets in that, like – Yeah. I heard read something about how the first-rounders count against the cap, like, right away. Yeah, but, and but see, here's why – here's the only thing I'll say, Greg, is I don't know if they are trade – I don't know if they are trade assets just because second-round picks rarely pan out. They rarely do. So, I mean – If you do yeah, – if you look I understand, through, but I think if uh, there's a team – like, look at what Oklahoma City had to get rid of James Harden because they got real close to the luxury tax. If there's a team that's maybe not in the best financial situation that already has a bunch of players in place and maybe doesn't need their first-round pick, maybe they would trade out. I'm just saying. No, I, I, I get it. Kev, I'm, I'm going to bet you oh, right geez. now. I'm going to bet you right now. Is this, is now, this like I'm a gonna soon bet, bet? I'm going to bet you right now Stauskas right. goes ahead of McDermott in the draft. That's a good bet. All right, that's a good one. Let's wow, that is a good bet. I, 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 I'm with Kev. I think McDermott goes first. Oh, yeah. Now, here, now, this is the first bet Mike and I have done. That will actually be settled before 2018. Yeah, there's like our bets are so... Long-term. Yeah, it's like every bet. Like, uh, Greg, you know, jo- joining us now, uh, we have a bet going, who wins a major first, Tiger Woods or no, what happens? What first? happens first? Tiger Woods wins a major, or Chinese Taipei wins a Little League World Series. But this could take <laughs> this, this could take years I have Chinese to Taipei. settle. I'm Mike has you. Chinese Taipei. I've, now here's here's what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Golf is an, a friggin' joke without Tiger. Do you know what's going on this weekend? Yeah, uh, the players. 
the Players' Championship. And no, nobody. Yeah. It's a major. It's like the and la- no one. I didn't even know until this morning. It's like the last thing on the well, ESPN. Well, did you guys watch the Masters? Yes. Yeah. And but you like, know, had no, Jordan Spieth won. Do you think that would have done something for golf and that he could maybe have been the next? He's coming up. He's a young guy. It's it's tough to say. I mean, the Masters, like you said, the, the Masters, I watched it. But, I, I mean, when Tiger was playing, I was watching every hole look, look, all I, day I, I Saturday, all day Sunday, Thursday, Friday. Golf fans, no. avid golf fans are going to watch no matter what. Yeah. Golf, you know, kind of, you know, Fairweather golf fans, they're going to watch when Tiger Woods plays. And here's the thing, because I, well, it's true. Because you had the Players' Championship going on today. If Tiger was playing and Tiger's in the hunt, I'm watching that absolutely. instead of the Clippers-Oklahoma absolutely. City game. Okay, Great. now let me ask you guys. Is, you think that most of these people that only watch when Tiger's playing, is it because they don't necessarily know the rest of golf and just Tiger's everybody's favorite player? Or do they just think it's a little more intriguing when you have Tiger versus the field kind of thing? I, I think, think it's I, more intriguing. I think... There's no one between with Tiger Woods. You either hate him or you love him. Yeah. So I people, agree. they're like the okay. Yankees. People are either rooting for them or rooting against them. There's no one going, I don't care if he wins. You're either rooting for him or against them. So people are either watching and root for Tiger to lose or root for him to yeah. win. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I think Tiger, here's the intriguing thing about Tiger is I want to watch him even more than I did back, back when he was just dominating because this whole scandal happens. And you, America loves to bounce back. Let's be honest. They love to see someone bounce back. I mean, I mean look they at... Don't. Yes, they do. No, people hate LeBron James right now. Le, when did LeBron, hey, Michael LeBron, Vick. There's a bounce back. Yeah, Michael Vick. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. people hate... Some people no. hated Vick, but a lot of people were rooting yeah, for him. in this, in this sure. city. Yeah, but Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning comes back from well, neck surgery. Well, that's people. different. That's different. An injury well, and coming back from the scandal. Can you say real quick... You know, what's amazing about Tiger Woods is that, and I heard this stat a while ago, he's never won a major without a lead after three rounds. Yes. I can't believe yes. that. Yeah. There's no comeback. That's killer, crazy. Is it? And, 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 Greg, I think, too, people aren't – the biggest thing now, people aren't afraid of Tiger anymore. There's a lot of young golfers. It's like when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, nobody was afraid of him anymore. And, yeah. guys, people, you know, used to, get in that, used to get in that final round pair with Tiger – and people are just, yeah. you're scared to death. You're hitting the ball in the woods. Well, you hear the crowds and stuff. Yep. Even and the guys who are pe- playing in front of them or behind him. People just, uh, these young guys, there's a lot of young good golfers. They're just not, they're not. Uh, the fear factor not. Gone. They're not feared by Tiger anymore. But yeah, clearly the rest of the sports fans don't pick up on this because they're only watching a golf tournament if Tiger Woods is playing. Yeah, and I, right. I, think, so. I think so too. I think people who are casual, like I love golf. I really enjoy it. I enjoy uh, watching it and but and I know you don't enjoy playing. I've seen you play. I love playing it. But here's the thing. I love playing because I have zero pressure on me. I just sit there and launch the ball. I'm sitting there drinking a beer. It's like the greatest. It's, it's just a fun weekend. People are getting frustrated throwing their clubs. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Gorgeous out. <laughs> this is awesome. Golf is a frustrating sport. And, 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 before, and when you play it, you actually have a bigger respect for what these guys can do. Yeah, you, are, you do. Because, I mean, I, I launch amazing. a ball dead straight. It's like best shot 250. Yep. Uh, what's his name? Bubba Watson. And, 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 and that's your driver. Yeah, that's my whatever. <laughs> so, uh, show brought to you tonight by Foam Pack, supplier of all Graco products. We are just a foam call away. Eight 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 four five eight two nine two eight. Also by Integrated Play and Renee Shaw. If you're an athlete looking to transition into a career outside the athletic field, contact Renee two six nine seven six zero three eight five seven. Cross River Realty, uh, specializing in off-campus housing at Temple University. 
They are also a full-service real estate company located in Philadelphia. Check them out at CrossRiverRealty.com, 267-460-5737. We had Don from Fair. Uh, I think a lot of our, our regular callers kind of heard the uh, – the heavy call volume, and they were like, eh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling it. So they didn't Don, call Don, send us a text. Let us yeah, know you're okay. Just, uh, we, we want to make sure you're okay. Uh, everyone check out the uh, matchupzone.com. Uh, this, the, the next few weeks, we will actually be putting up a lot of stories. Uh, I'm going to get back into writing. Uh, we got Greg. We got another guy, uh, another guy who's a big temple writer, uh, Matt Vender, and uh, a few others who are going to be joining us on the staff to, to do a, a little contribution on the writing portion. So we should have some good stories coming up. So check that out uh, in the next few weeks. We should have some uh, fun stories. I'd like to thank uh, Brandon Gowton from uh, Bleeding Green Nation, also Nate Huffman, uh, obviously our intern Greg, for, for joining us tonight and uh, throughout the summer. We'll, we'll be uh, we'll yeah, be can't with- wait. Looking forward to yeah, it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, tonight, Greg, Greg, you're the man. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you guys again next week. And uh, until then...